Welcome to Career Tools. This week, Speak the Language, Part 2, What to Learn. This class answers these questions. What words do I need to learn first in a new language? How much of a language do I need to know? How do I get better at speaking a new language? If you want the answers to that and many more, keep listening. If you're struggling with a relationship with your team or your boss or your peers, or maybe you're not struggling, but you just want to get better in terms of relationships and you understand DISC, we highly recommend you consider our Effective Relationships series of podcasts. You can buy a series telling you that if you're a D, how to relate to your directs, each of whom D, I, S, and C, or if you're a D, relating to your boss who might be a D, I, S, and C. It will tell you in every podcast, some of them as much as two hours long, how to handle meetings, how to handle delegations, how to handle feedback and coaching, how to brief your boss, how to disagree with your boss, how to communicate in general with your boss, what your boss wants from you and what you might want from your directs as well. Many of the show notes are 20 and 25 pages long to give you many, many examples and many, many details of behaviors you can engage in to, again, as we like to say, reduce the drama, reduce the tension, reduce the conflict, and increase the harmony and collaboration, which leads to better outcomes because it's all about results and people are what's important. So, Danny, while you've been busy and I've been recording with other people, we have been talking about learning languages for people that are working abroad or people that are working in teams where their common language is not the one that you necessarily speak. And so now we're going to talk about what to learn first so that you can communicate most effectively, most quickly. Yeah, I love this topic, Wendy, and I'm so glad that that we're doing it because um, although I took a couple of foreign languages in high school and and college, I retained none of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always been something that's intimidated me. And when I started traveling internationally with Manager Tools, it was something that I was pretty anxious about, how am I going to get around and I'm going to feel really stupid and embarrassed. And uh, I wish I had known this before I made some of those trips because it makes it less intimidating and is really, really practical because the points we're going to cover in the show today, Wendy, are things that are very real life. I mean, this is exactly what I experienced when I traveled Um, and still do outside the U.S. So really good. Good. I'm glad that you've experienced it recently and you can validate that what we've got here is something that's going to be useful. Not that you needed my validation because you've done (laughs) a lot more international travel than I have. (laughs) Well, it's harder once once you've done it a few times and you're not worried about it. It's hard to remember what you were worried about. And so it's good to have a reminder. So we're going to talk about beginning with the pleasantries. That's the first thing we need to learn. We're going to learn 100 words. We're going to use translation apps, and we're going to ask people to correct us. Cool. So the first one, it seems a little um, obvious when you say it, right? Begin with the pleasantries, yet so many of us don't. You know, it's easy to think, oh, I have to learn the whole language. And, And really, you just have to learn a couple of key things that the stuff that's said the most often and you know hello and thank you and please and goodbye are said fairly often i think um the most common words in any language are going to be the ones that are grammatically necessary 
the these and that's and twos a to be those words right mm -hmm. the words that connect the phrases but the words that we use the most often when we don't know the whole language when we don't know all of the grammatical rules of the language are the please and thank you and hello and goodbye so if you don't know anything else those are the ones to start with because they're going to be easy to learn you're going to use them a lot and what I think is most important is they will show other people that you're talking to that you're trying to make an effort to speak their language. And if you start off, I think, by first saying hello in their language, then A, they're going to know that you're not a native speak speaker, probably, because your accent <laughs> will, yeah, will be true. off. But they'll be more um, understanding that, you know, that you're at least trying and they'll be more willing to meet you where they can, right? If they know a little bit of English or whatever language it is you're, you're speaking, I think once you make the effort to speak theirs and they're gonna make more of an effort to speak the language that you understand. Exactly, that's what I found. And, and the good news is that in a lot of languages, hello and goodbye are the same word. For instance, in Italian, you can use ciao to mean hello, but you can also use it to mean goodbye, especially in informal language. Um, I have a feeling that the Hawaiian language is the same. Aloha is hello, hello and, and, goodbye. and goodbye, right? Mm -hmm. And so you only need to learn one word. Whoa. A lot of languages, they have adopted hi or hello or have they have words that sound the same as those kind of things, as a welcoming sound. And even in India, I checked this with my one of my friends who's Indian. Uh, even in India, there are 120 different official languages and hundreds more dialects but if you say namaste which is uh hindi i think for hello in most places you'll be understood no matter what language they're speaking or which dialect they're using so so if you're going to india you don't need to worry about the fact that you might be in a team and everybody in that team speaks a different language from their hometown they might all use english as a common language or they might use um one of the most common languages as a common language but despite the fact that they all have different backgrounds and different native tongues if you say namaste they know that that's that means hello when we think about learning language in in school like in a formal setting um which is what i think about we learn phrases like where is the library or i remember the first thing i learned in latin was the farmer's daughter is pretty, <laughs> right? like, which how often do you say that? <laughs> not, right? not often. And the reason that they teach those types of phrases is not because you're going to say them often, but because you're learning the rules of the language, the structure of the language, how the language works. And once you know where is the library or the farmer's daughter is pretty, then you can build on that right? Where is the library? Once you know that, then you can ask where is anything as long as you know what the word is for the noun in the sentence library. You can ask where is the restroom and all you have to know is the word for restroom. Mm -hmm. um, but when we're learning informally, we're not going to school, we're not going to class, we're not learning about the structure of the language, it makes a lot of sense to start with the, the pleasantries because that's what you're going to be using more. Um, more regularly, you're going to be saying those those phrases more often. I know later, Wendy, we're going to talk about using apps to learn. And I was getting ready for a possible trip to France. And although I took three years of French, 
don't know. I, I think I know very few words. I always sound like Joey from Friends trying to speak French, horrible French accent. And so I was using an app and I, it was the same experience. It was, you know, the woman is wearing a dress. The man has a black shirt on. And I remembered as I was using the app thinking, I'm never going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, where, right. is, where is the bathroom? I want, I want to learn that. <laughs> Yeah, but if you don't know someone and you're and you don't know their name and you want to know their name and you say the man with the black shirt on or the man with the insert any color here shirt on or you can keep black and change shirt for pants or dress or whatever and if you know man then you know woman usually right. they're similar words and so it's that the ability to replace those words that's important not necessarily that you can use that phrase on a daily basis right exactly but that said when you're learning for at the beginning if you're learning as an adult and you're traveling or you've just got to a new country and you don't know any of the language yet then start with the pleasantries like hello and goodbye and how are you those kind of things because you'll use them way more often in the beginning than you will try to ask about someone by describing them it's kind of a you know you've been there for six months before you can do that right so our next recommendation is to learn a hundred words most people who like me and you our first language is english although you would say Danny, you don't speak English, you speak American. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us have, that's my favorite Wendyism ever. Um, we have an active vocabulary of about 20,000 words and a passive vocabulary of around 4,000 words. And 20,000 and 40,000. Oh, did I get backwards? No, you said 4,000. Oh, 4,040. Ah, numbers. <laughs> Not my strength. But when I read this, I thought, Really? Only 20? Like, if you would have asked me, I would have thought it would have been a lot, lot more. Yeah, we overestimate it. Way overestimate it. I would have said two two or 300,000, not mm -hmm. 20,000 or 40,000. Um, and so the point for me there was, wow, there's a lot of words that we use over and over and over again. Right? Exactly. And by the way, what we mean by active vocabulary is the words that you use when you're speaking or writing. Passive are words that you understand when other people use them, but they're not necessarily words that you're going to use. Exactly. And it's widely reported that the 25 most common words are used in 33% of everyday writing. And the first 100 words appear in 50% of adult and student writing. That blows my mind. Exactly. So 50% so of the emails you will send today are only the first 100 words. So in other words, 50% of the words in the email will be from the list of the most common 100 words. And once you get to 1,000 words, you can cover 89%, nearly 90% of everyday writing. So when you think about learning a new language as an adult, you think, oh gosh, it's going to be so hard. There's so many words I don't know. But actually, the 25 most common words are slightly different in different languages. But if you look at the English ones, the 25 most common are really easy to learn. And that's all you need to know at the beginning. Uh, you can get to 100 words and 50% of what you want to say, you'll be able to say. And they don't count like nouns of colors and numbers and things like that that are fairly easy to learn. And what you find is 
when you're speaking a different language and you're in a situation where you don't know what something is, you can find creative ways to describe it and somebody will tell you what it is. I remember being in a sewing class in Germany when I lived there and I'd been there a year and for some reason the word for scissors completely escaped me. In fact, I can't remember it now. And I said to the person sitting next to me, hey, can you pass me the things that cut? And uh, she said the word for scissors, which clearly I didn't retain. And then she said, are you not German? And I, and I was like, <laughs> no. She said, all this time, I just thought you were from the South, um, which was kind of weird. That's awesome. Nobody would ever mistake me for German with my horrible American accent. <laughs> well, I took a lot of practice to get there. Uh, so, yeah, you you really don't need to know that many words. And you don't realize how much of the time when you're speaking your native language, you're just using your ability to interpret clues. So, for example, imagine you were at dinner in Germany and you you've all you've learned is the first hundred words. And someone says, Können Sie mir das Salz geben? And first you'd know it was a question because of the tone. Right, because of the, the question mark in the tone at the end, right? Yeah. And then most people, if they want you to pass something, they will look at the object and then look back at you. And there's something you don't notice when you're speaking your native language because you've been doing it since you were a child. But it is something you notice if you're doing it in a foreign language. And so they might point to something, or but they'll definitely look at it and then look back at you. So the first two words in that sentence, couldn't see, is can you? And they're in the top 25 words. So you'll know those two words if you learn the first 100. And you know that the person wants you to do something. They just asked you, can you? Or could you? And so you know that they want you to do something, right? Any question that starts that way has to mean that. Right. And then their tone is a question again. Exactly. So you've got two clues. And Wendy, too, I find when people are asking a question, their facial expression as well exactly. is, is a clue. Like we have a different facial expression. I think you know, the eyebrows maybe are a little bit up. And again, they're looking at you as though they expect you to respond or do something. So. Yeah. And then uh, if we go through that sentence, das is the word for the. And that's in the top 25 words. Um, it's the most common word in German and in English because so often we're talking about things and things need the word the or that or something before them so that they go in the sentence properly. And so when the person asks that question, you know three of the words. They look at, they're looking at you, as you said, with an expectation, a look on their face that you can interpret as expectation that you're going to do something. They look at the salt and they look back at you. You can hear the question in the tone and you know, you know three of the six words. So you can interpret from that that the person wants you to pass the salt. Naturally, if somebody says something in a heavy accent or if somebody says something and you only half hear it at a dinner table in your own language, you work it out. And that's how you work it out. But when you're doing it in a foreign language, it's often more conscious that you're actually thinking about what's happening. Right. But you actually are interpreting things all day, every day. And you have a really, everybody is really skilled at this. They just don't know it. I found when I lived in Germany, I 
found myself really looking at people in the face when they were talking yes. to me. <laughs> and I did it. I just started doing it. And then I realized I was doing it. And I was like, why am I doing this? And then I realized because I needed the extra body language and the facial expression. Right, the context. In, to help me interpret. But I could do that. As long as I was looking at them, I could do that. So you really don't need to know that many words. Yeah, just think about that phrase. Can you give me or can you please pass me or can you please hand me, right? That, that type mm -hmm. of phrase. How often we use that phrase. Can you please give me the pen? Can you please give me the printouts? Can you please give me this document? Can you please give me the plan? That's a very ubiquitous phrase. All that's changed in every one of those examples is just the object of the sentence at the end, the pen, the printouts, the, the number, the, right? Mm -hmm. And if you know that phrase, then that gives you a lot of information. Okay, the person wants something from me. And then often, as you said, you can, you can fill in the rest with context. And you might, you might get it wrong the first time, right? Maybe you, you pick up the pepper instead of the salt because they're right next to each other, mm -hmm. uh, right? And, but then the person will say, you know, no, the salt as well. Um, or you could just pass them both and be covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they'll say, no, not that one, that one. And they'll point to it. Yeah, or they'll pantomime, right? Putting salt on their, right? Shaking the salt out. Exactly. There's all, and people do that all the time to help you understand. And I think people are afraid that they'll be in a situation, somebody will say something, they'll have no clue what they're saying, and the person will just stand there expectantly. And that's not what happens most of the time unless people are really objectionable. The person will get upset or mad or. You know, which I've never, I've never had happen. In fact, when I was in Germany uh, last year, I think uh, I went into a bakery and I was like, I'm going to order in German. <laughs> so I said, bitte uh, Berliner Guten Tag, which I think is please donut. Thank you. <laughs> and the man working the counter said, do you want a donut? And I said, yes. And he said, you don't need to speak German. <laughs> In fact, he said, please don't. And I said, was it that bad? And he was laughing and I was laughing and it was great fun, right? And it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a grammatically perfect sentence, but he understood what I was saying. And um, we there was a connection there mm -hmm. um, and we had a great laugh about it. So. Yeah, and all you needed was please and donut. And I'll bet that the donuts had a label in front of them that yes. said Berliner, <laughs> yes. right? So really, in that sentence, you only needed please and thank you, which is actually Danke, you just said Guten Tag. Oh, which Guten Tag means good morning, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah, see, yeah. I don't even... <laughs> but, you know, people forgive you and they laugh and oh, it's yeah, funny. exactly. And if you were in a store and someone said to you, please, donut, good day... Wouldn't you work out that they probably wanted to do Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So they're working with you. The, the whole point of communication is that we're doing it together. I'm saying something, you're hearing something, and we're trying to make sure that those two things are the same thing. So when we communicate, it isn't one of us making the effort. It's both of us. And it doesn't matter what language you're doing that in or how badly you're butchering what you're saying. The other person is is coming towards you. The other person is making an effort too. Absolutely. That's been my experience. I've never had anybody get at nasty or ugly or, or anything. No, me neither. 
not even officials and policemen and in fact when I was in Russia I was jaywalking which is apparently illegal and there was a Russian policeman who came up to me and apparently told me I, I guessed he was telling me off for jaywalking and told me to go back to my hotel and I didn't speak any more Russian than hello and goodbye and please and thank you but it was pretty damn obvious what he wanted me to do. <laughs> That's funny. So we are, we've added a, a list, right, Wendy, of the top 100 words in English for this podcast. And the list, as you said, it might be slightly different in the language that you're learning. Um, I would guess, though, it's got to be within 80, 85% for most languages. Yeah, it depends on the structure of the language a little bit. But if you use those top 100 in English and you learnt those in the foreign language, then you would be sailing. Excellent. And we've also added a list of the building block phrases. So things like, can you give me and where is the... And also some verbs, because that's the next thing you need to learn. And verbs are a little bit more difficult because you have to be able to conjugate them. If you remember that word from yeah. school, you have to be able to say, I am, you are, he, she is, and so on. But again, if you get that wrong, it really doesn't matter. If somebody said to you, I is the park today, you can guess what they mean, right? even though they missed out an entire verb and they got one conjugated wrong. And if so, if you're trying to speak a foreign language, people know that it's not going to be perfect and they're going to help you by interpreting it more generously than perhaps they would a, a native speaker. So le learning these hundred are a good place to start. I think my entire Latin, years studying Latin was conjugating verbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Shuddering. <laughs> so our next recommendation is to use translation apps. This is this is great because we have so much technology that's at our fingertips now, right? Google Translate, you can get on any web browser. There are apps in the App Store, you know, hundreds of them. The Apple App Store has apps that will translate 90 different languages. I mean, that's just amazing. It's like a universal translator. Right. It's like uh, the Rosetta Stone in your pocket. Yeah. And because so many people are using them, they're getting better faster. I, I had one when I went to Germany and it was, it was okay. It was helpful. But it wasn't great. And then I went back probably, you know, I don't know, less than a year later and I used the same app and it was noticeably better. And there are apps that you can hold over written materials like a menu um, and it will scan it and translate them. There are some that will you can have the person speak into and then it will translate it into your language into text um, so really really helpful if you're needing to communicate something that's a little bit more complicated than the hundred words or the pleasantries then the apps can be very very helpful and as i mentioned earlier there are thousands of apps that will help you learn the language learn languages too that you can practice and you know, the one that I used was completely free. I see a lot of recommendations for Duolingo, uh, which is a language learning. Yeah, that's one that I'm I I'm pretty use. sure it's an app, but you can have conversations with people. So somebody learning English will speak to you and if and you're learning German and they're in Germany. And so you have informal conversations to help both of you learn. That's how I understand it works. And I see a lot of people saying, this is a really good way to learn. Yeah, I liked it because it wasn't just reading and writing. You you also speak into the app. 
my experience has been most of the communicating that I do anyway when I'm traveling internationally is is verbal. Um, so, and again, with my horrible accents, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> there were many times I was practicing and the app was like, no, try that again. <laughs> and I was like, I know I said the right thing. <laughs> yeah, they were all the right words. They I'm were sure. totally the right words, just not said the correct, with the, with the correct uh, accent. We've talked about this, uh, I think, kind of indirectly, Wendy, but our last recommendation is ask people to correct you. Um, so the only way to learn anything and get better is to have people correct you when, when you get something wrong. And you're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. People will make a pass. But I think if you make it known to people that you're open to them correcting you, you know, when you smile or chuckle or you know, when they do correct you, that, that makes it them more willing to mm -hmm. correct you, right? So certainly asking, I mean, coming right out and just asking people, you know, please let me know if I, if I get it wrong. It, it can be a little bit awkward, right, to say, you know, please correct me if I'm getting get it wrong. But in social situa situations like lunch or dinner or when you're traveling or when there's only a couple people around you, that can be less awkward. And if you have a mentor or, you know, a, a colleague who is you know, good in that language, like if I was traveling with, to Germany with you, Wendy, I would be like, dude, you totally need to correct me when I say <laughs> Guten Tag instead of Danke, right? Um, that can be very helpful. Yeah, you probably don't, if, you, if you're traveling for a sales meeting and it's a really big contract and you're in the sales meeting and you get something wrong, you probably don't want your mentor to correct you or someone, you know, someone who's with you who, who has offered to correct you. Uh, you probably don't want them to offer uh, you don't want them to correct you in that situation. Um, there are times and places, and like you said, the informal places and the informal times are often better ways to, to yes. start because you don't want someone embarrassing you in a situation where it's important not to be embarrassed. Absolutely. Yeah. So communication is essential to great relationships. We know this. We talk about this endlessly on managed tools and on career tools. And the better we can communicate in any language, the easier it is to work together and achieve the right results. We know this from just working together with other people that speak our own native language. It's really easy to be misunderstood and you have to work at communication and work at being understood. And if you are working with a team that don't speak your language as a native language, or if you're living abroad, or if you've, you're going on a, an extended trip, learning the language, at least, you know, a little part of it, and that's all we're saying, a hundred words and a few verbs, will elevate you from the basic communication to something better, and better communication will get better results. So it's a really small thing to do. It's it's not hard to learn a hundred words. We all did it as kids in spelling bees and things like that. And you can do that. And the more words you learn, the more connections you make to it's at one German is particularly good at this because a lot of German words are just two words stuck together. For example, the vacuum cleaner is the word for stuff and the word for suck together so <laughs> it's a awesome. stuff sucker right uh so so in that even if you said to someone what's that called and they told you you'd learn two words 
easy. And that connection making is really important for learning languages. And so with that 100 words as a basis, you can start to learn all the other words and communicate better and therefore get better results. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy. Bye, everyone. Thanks for being here. We have more to tell you about working internationally, and we hope you'll carry on listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manage Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did.